What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Young Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Pierre Shao, here today with Brad Axelrod, the co-founder at Wake Up Biohacking Events and Catalyst at Face Your Dragon, where he helps consultants and coaches really push through their fears and stay in action. Brad is a podcast host, speaker. You know, he's been seen on, on national media as well as um, a Forder motor, motocross racer. So Brad, super excited to dive into fear, how to help young entrepreneurs face them, move through them and everything like that. Welcome to the show and uh, thanks for coming on. That's great to be here. I'm really curious where our conversation will go today. These things are always fun and just uh, let, let the magic unfold, whatever that may be. <laughs> let's do it. Well, let's start off just by giving the audience a little context as to you know what you're up to right now. And then we can go back and kind of figure out how you got there exactly and, and dive into fear. Cool. You know, I think uh, my first sort of uh, taste of entrepreneurship and, and uh, the possibility that comes with it uh, I was uh, racing motocross and had broken my collarbone. I was a semi-professional motocross racer and was really committed to that. That was like my first love and passion. And uh, I'll share a little bit about my mom wouldn't let me get a motorcycle. I don't know if you guys have experienced that. I know there's some young, younger folks probably listening and watching this, but uh, begging my parents to get a motorcycle and most of my young life. And at, at uh, 17, mom finally said, okay, you can get a bike. And I did. And that got me hyper focused up until then. I was kind of a troublemaker, kind of lost, had all this energy. I know as entrepreneurs, you guys can kind of get the experience of having all this energy. You really want to do something with it. Right. And motor motocross gave me that focus uh, and and commitment. And it, it's you know the number one most physically demanding sport on the planet. Motocross. Most people don't know that. And uh, you learn a lot about yourself on uh, in in that level of competition uh, mm. that said broke my collarbone was in my garage looking at the carnage of the motorcycle that that was pretty wadded up and i had a friend that i had met come skidding up into the driveway and i'm like who is this guy i does not even know where i live and the point is this that that was my uh mentor and the person that showed me about entrepreneurship he says brad you know look you're you're broken you're not you can't make money now i can show you a way to make money i'm 19 years old so that's interesting let's talk and uh we started flipping vehicles i, I got into motorcycles boats jet skis all the stuff that i knew anyway to fix and we started flipping motorcycles at 19 i had my wholesale retail dmv license this is way before the internet internet wow so I was a hustler from that point on. But the point I'm sharing here is that we have these things that happen, these defining moments that happen in our life. For me, it was this broken collarbone. I met this person and, and my life changed forever that day. So you guys might have those defining moments that sort of create the next unfolding of whatever it is you're going to do in your life. And, and for me, it was a broken collarbone twice. But that was the first time I had uh, that big shift that led me down the path. Wow. And, you know, it's crazy how events like that, you know, looked at, you know, right when they happen, it sucks. Like, I'm sure you were, you know, so mad and so sad that you broke your collarbone and that you couldn't race motocross and that you'd be, you know, out for the count 
recovering, but then something amazing came out of that. It's a really good point. Uh, it's in our darkest moments that oftentimes the, the brightest opportunities come from, from those. Um, I could not agree more. I was definitely like, man, what am I going to do? This really hurts. I'd never broken a bone at that level or had an injury at that level. And you do feel debilitated. I'm guessing a lot of you guys on this thing are super pumped to be out, you know, using your body and all that energy. We want to work out and CrossFit, hike, whatever it is, swim, whatever you do. And to have that stripped away uh, is hard. And you, you learn a lot about yourself through injury. You're by yourself. You're, you know, oftentimes you're sort of in a dark place. Not always. Sometimes you're, you're positive through it, but most of the time it can be pretty, pretty heavy and dark. And uh, that's when I think we find a lot of ourselves is in those moments, what, what we're committed to, what's important to us, uh, why we're doing what we're doing, why we're afraid to do what we know we want to do. You know, we've got a lot of time to sort of be with ourselves and think. And uh, yeah, you, you, you yeah. hit the nail on the head with that. That's wow. Yeah, no, that's really powerful, powerful story. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, Brad, my next question is what took you and led you from, you know, flipping, uh, you know, motorcycles, um, you know, jet skis, boats, things like that into, you know, showing people how to face their fears and helping them overcome that to be able to, you know, accomplish what and earn what they're worth. What, mm -hmm. what was that process like? Yeah. So fast forward a couple years. Uh, well, fast in those fast forwarded years was a lot of self-indulgence, a lot of, you know, was making a lot of money in real estate and a lot of other things and, and was indulging a lot. Uh, motocross being one of those first indulgence of flow states of adrenaline, of dopamine, all the things that come from that level of competition and flow states, you know, motorcycles are very big in flow state. Uh, and uh, dad died in 2005, another one of these major defining moments. And, and up until then, there was a feather tickling me for a couple of years. And maybe you guys can relate to this. There's this little tickle of something and you're sort of ignoring it. And then a brick hits you upside the head. You're like, wow, that almost took me out. That brick was pretty intense. And then if we ignore the brick, the Mack truck will come and clean us out. What I mean by saying, saying that is... You know, for years I was ignoring this call to something bigger, something more in contribution, something that was not about me and sort of self-indulging, whether it be women or travel or uh, motorcycles, cars, food, drugs, alcohol, all the things we do in our 20s and 30s. And some people never grow out of it. Some people grow out of it really early on. And that in that what I called the grave of self-indulgence, was the awareness that I needed to be in contribution in order to move through the the, the pain and grief of being, uh, you know, not having my father anymore. And he was such an important mentor in me. We would brainstorm and, and um, uh, what do you role play a lot. I would call him up. Hey, dad, I need to process this through. And I had this amazing support in him and that was taken away. But at the same time, there was uh, this this emergence of something so much bigger than me, and I could feel it. I don't know if he was working through the ethers. I mean, I, I think he was because it was really powerful after he had passed, and and that created me uh, starting to produce small events. I actually, well, before that, I became the Hoffman Institute graduate facilitator. That's the most profound work I know on the planet called the Hoffman Institute. HoffmanInstitute.org. I went there. I ended up. 
becoming the uh, Orange County, California facilitator, graduate facilitator of that work. And that sort of started me in the transformational space of being a leader, facilitator. But that wasn't enough. It was great to have 5, 10, 20 people over once a month, but I wanted something bigger. And I also wanted to bring in other teachings like quantum physics, the law of attraction, other modalities, other things I'd been learning and started producing events. And those events within eight weeks got us on NBC Nightly News. I was interviewed on PBS television in front of uh, 4 million people. It aired twice uh, mm. LA Times, Orange County Register, USC News, CBC News Canada. Point is, I, I was calling in something far bigger than, than my little self. And when we're in that state of recognizing we can be in a bigger contribution, not just for the money, but for impact to humanity or people or, or community, whatever it is, that's when things start coming. So we've got to stay in this higher purpose or higher commitment to something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And I think I saw you facilitated, you know, about 150 or more events. Um, what, what did those events look like? Yeah, so, so <laughs> I'll give you the full progression. It's kind of kind of fun. Started out in someone's family room, eight or 10 of us. We outgrew that after two weeks, went into a conference room, outgrew that. We had 20 people in that, then moved downstairs into the main room at my friend's chiropractic office. We filmed NBC Nightly News. We outgrew that within a couple weeks. And within about 12 weeks, we were in a large conference space, almost 200 people for our grand opening event. Uh, and uh, what those events looked like back then were, again, focused on sort of conscious business, conscious networking, um, transformational leadership mixed with business. How can we collaborate, cooperate, uh, create impact together? And, and uh, they were three hours long. I've, created, I've sort of got this formula now, and we're using it at our biohacking events. I'll talk about those in a second. The first hour is a mini expo. We've got vendors. Second hour was structured networking where we led people through processes. And then the third hour was guest speakers. And, and I found that formula after, I don't know, maybe 50 events, but you're right, I'm well over 200 live events produced at this point, um, mostly in Orange County and very much this style of event. Um, fast forward, we're now producing monthly biohacking events. And uh, the reason we're producing these monthly biohacking events with a very similar format to what I just shared is uh, uh, to sell licenses around the world. The goal is to have over a hundred of these sort of franchise wake up biohacking units around the world so that we've got this large body of, of uh, connected communities and we can all sort of play together. Wow, that's incredible. And you know, I, we could go down the biohacking rabbit hole right now, but I wanna save that <laughs> for a little bit later cool. and you know, ask you about you know, your, your business and your work with Face Your Dragon, because I know a lot of young entrepreneurs listening to this, you know, they face certain fears. They face, you know, fear of, you know, failure, fear of criticism from, you know, their families, their parents, their mm -hmm. loved ones who, you know, because as young, uh, young entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general, we don't like to take the traditional route. And that is amazing. But as a byproduct, you know, a lot of people, are in your ear telling you different things. And, you know, even maybe if they're not verbally, you know, people are thinking that. So yeah. let me, let me ask you, what are, you know, some of the, 
the major fears you see people facing? Um, and you know, how, what's your process like for overcoming those fears? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, I've been, I've been where you are. We're, we're all, we're all, I'm, I'm scared now. I'm fearful. Now I have a sense of uncertainty. I, I don't think it ever goes away. Let's just call it out. We have moments of more certainty, but as entrepreneurs, because we don't have the steady paycheck, the, uh, you know, uh, economic climates could change. Social climates can change. Um, you know, living things can, I mean, the, the rental moratoriums up. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the economy? There's always uncertainty at some level, right? So let's just name that and just call it out. It never goes away. We've got to learn to, to, to just be okay in some level of uncertainty. And I will mm -hmm. say this, if you don't have uncertainty or not playing a big enough game, it's as simple as that. If you're pushing your edge in your envelope, like I did on the motocross bikes and extreme sports and all the plant medicine and everything else I've done, if you're not pushing your edge, you're not playing a big enough game. So step up. Um, and I don't say that. I'm not. I hope I don't sound condescending in that. I'm just saying. No, like, I like that. Good. Like let's go. It's a go, good guys. telltale sign. It's like let's go. If you're not, you know, feeling the pressure, and and that you know feels good for. You know, people were listening to this and they're like, I, I'm feeling the pressure. They're like, oh, this is this is good. I, I should be facing this. A hundred percent. And uh, the founder of Gestalt Therapy, uh, which is uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, says uh, fear is excitement without the breath. So we forget to breathe everybody so often. Now, granted, the younger generation, you guys have been raised on the secret might even have been before some of uh, some of your times but like like you have these modalities at your fingertips now like us old old fuckers forgive me for saying that needed to learn things you know we had to go do the work you guys have kind of have it embedded in you sort of born with it yeah um which is great both energetically and with in your surroundings it's kind of there for you to absorb and assimilate but uh, yeah, so fear is our friend. I think we need to understand that. When I'm sitting on the starting straight with 39 other bloodthirsty semi-pro motocross racers, um, we're all out for the win. And I was one of the more aggressive guys just because it took me years to get that level of aggression and aggression to really to really have that. And, and having, having the understanding that when I'm sitting on the start straight, that my heart's pounding. Like even if you get on stage, you know, we, we, you start a business, whatever it is, you're about to do a presentation. I don't know, whatever it is, you're going to get some of that intensity. That's power, right? Guys, we don't want to stuff that. We don't want to not be okay with the fact that we've got this nervous, anxious energy. It's our friend, right? So we want to, we want to use that energy. It's fuel. We've got all these chemicals coursing through our body, through our brain. That's providing all this energy. We want to learn to use that and bring the enthusiasm. I'm not saying inauthentically bring it. It's all about being authentic and transparent nowadays, but um, you know, there's this great power in it. So what I like to say is the three-step process is it's find, find your fear, face your fear and use your fear. It's, it's about facing your dragon, not about slaying your dragon. It's a totally different metaphor. We want to, we want to find it and then face it, start to come become friends with it, you know, commune with it, love it, acknowledge it, presence it, and then, you know, use it. So much power in it. So that's it in a nutshell. We can go into the five dragons if you if you want as well. 
Yeah, for sure. No, I, I love that. I think, you know, when you were saying nervous energy is good, that like, it's a great reframe for people. And it's like taking it from, oh, I, I'm feeling this nervous energy, like this may be bad, but to, no, this is great. I'm going to channel this into excitement, into, you know, the work that I'm going to be doing. Uh, but I, I'd love to dive into those five, five dragons. What are they? Cool. So, you know, like you said, or like we've talked about, it produced hundreds of live events. A lot of the people are speakers, authors, coaches, entrepreneurs, uh, have led many masterminds, uh, small and large group training online, uh, hundreds of one-on-one -on -one clients. What I found in working with all of these people, even my speaker friends, let's first say that speaking is the number one fear uh, above death, right? Uh I had a, and still have a fear of public speaking sometimes. Like I'm even nervous to be on this right now a little bit, but I, I'm channeling it, letting it rip. Most people would never know I'm nervous on stage ever, right? Yeah. Um, so, so fear of public speaking is number one, and most people are freaking nervous of that, uh, nervous to do it. And I get it, but it's not the fear of public speaking that's the problem, or the fear. It's underneath that, right? It's like. So, so what, it's not that starting a business, I'm afraid to start a business. That's, that's not it. It's you're, like you said, fear of failure, fear of success is oftentimes a lot of a bigger fear over failure. What happens if I actually uh, achieve all that I have? So let, let's talk about them. Essentially, uh, the first one is that you'll be found out as an imposter fraud. So that's dragon number one, right? Uh, who am I to do this? Um, my friends and family are going to think I'm crazy, which like you said before, they do. My family barely knows what I do and I'll explain it and show websites like, guys, this is what I'm up to. We have to get used to the fact that people are going to criticize us. Um, they're not going to understand us. We're not going to understand what's happening half of the time and we just got to keep moving forward. So that's the first one. Do you want me to just kind of go through them? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So that when you put yourself out there, people won't want what you're offering. So essentially, that's a scarcity mindset. Um, people won't buy from you. What if you spend all this time and energy putting the business together, the offer, the coaching program, the live event, and, and people don't, don't buy? So you spend all this time and money running Facebook ads and all that stuff, and it, and it doesn't happen. So that, that's a pretty, pretty real fear, too. Mm-hmm. So the third one, uh, that you'll never have the church, uh, courage to charge what you know you're worth. So uh, that's a value a thing, um, a self-esteem thing, a fear of, gosh, what if they don't, what if they don't buy? Let me lower my fee. So if you're on a sales call with someone and you normally charge $6,000 for 90 days, that's what I charge for one hour a week of my time. It's, it's $6,000. I, I give people uh, my vast decades of knowledge. Um, and there's been times where I've been on the phone, like, oh gosh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if they're going to have the, the money to pay. And even I've done that. I go, well, why don't we just lower it to 5,000 if you pay it up front? I mean, I do give a discount point being we, we get fast and quick to, to drop our fees because we're concerned they're not going to pay at yeah. some level. We don't, we don't think we're worth it. Something like that. Uh, the fourth one that your tribe won't get you or understand the difference you can make for them. So again, you're just kind of not understood. You've created this message. You've created this business. 
uh, it's kind of like unheard. You're, 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 you know, you might not feel heard at some level. And again, these are all internal things, guys. This is all from childhood programming, the Hoffman Institute, and some of the work I do can get deep into um, rewiring a lot of the, the the negative programming or negative self-talk that we got from mommy or daddy or surrogates. It's all childhood stuff. So a lot of this is is around that. Um, as much as it's hard to admit, sometimes we want to think our parents are perfect and they're they're amazing. They wouldn't do anything bad. All right. The last one that if you do achieve the dream, you'll be criticized or your personal life will suffer. So what that looks like is now you've this kind of fear of success. Like what happens if I do get everything I've ever wanted? Then what? Will I still have something to strive for? The other side of that same coin, am I addicted to the drama at some level and I don't want to release the, the pain that comes with uh, that I'm somehow addicted to and receive this sort of morbid pleasure from uh, from from failing? You know, I mean, we, we all have addictions. What is it? Joe Dispenza says, if if you can't control uh, your emotion, you're addicted to it. Ooh. Right. So if, if there's some emotion, you're, you're addicted to it. You want to keep recreating it. We keep setting ourselves up in situations to keep recreating these biochemical addictions. So yeah. and the other side of that. Yeah. Sorry. The other side of this one and I'll wrap up is uh, that your your personal life will suffer in uh, some way. Uh, you're, you'll uh, you know, you'll get criticized from friends and family and all that stuff. But but if you do achieve success, you may not have the time or space, and I've had this fear a lot. I have all of these fears on and off um, that uh, that I won't have the time or space or, or be able to rest or for self-care or whatever it is, right? Because you'll just be so busy. We've all been there. I've been so busy having very large months uh, or quarters or whatever it is, and I'm like, this isn't going to work. I don't care how much money I'm making. I'm, I'm pulling what little hair out I have left. It's not going to work. Yeah. So that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Thanks for, for going over those five dragons, man. Those I've felt, you know, all of those, um, you know, to the point, and it's, you know, very apparent too. It's like, it's not like you completely, you know, lose those fears because you're going to face them on, on different scales. Once you level up, it, it sounds like, right. I mean, when you start charging more, you're going to like feel it a little bit and it's just different levels. hundred percent. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so we kind of briefly talked about, you know, finding, facing, and using that fear. Do you mind taking us through that process from like a 30,000 foot view? I'm sure you go much more in depth, you know, with, um, you know, your coaching clients that you work with over 90 days. Um, but could you, yeah, just give us a 30,000 foot view of that process? Yeah. So what's, What's available in one-on-one, -on -one, as you guys know, I would assume a lot of folks that are on this are coaches and consultants, and and uh, accountability is probably the biggest the biggest part of anything. Um, I could go into sort of the the nuts and bolts of what I do with regards to helping craft a message, finding the the, the clarity, finding your talking points, building the marketing campaign strategies, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but really, as you know, what's what's most important. Uh, Pierce is um, uh, doing what you say you're going to do and having having a, a, a strategic plan or a sequence on what to what to do and when and in, in what sequence. I, I love Alex Mendozians. I use this a lot. And I always give him credit. Um, many people are running enthusiastically in the wrong direction. 
So, mm-hmm. and I like to say, let's walk down the right path instead of running down the wrong one. So a lot of the work that's done is, is um, one of the biggest sort of facing your dragons, excuse mm-hmm. me, I'm drinking Kavita probiotic drink <laughs> is, uh, uh, is um, a 90 day sober celibacy. So I'll often challenge uh, my clients to go completely sober and celibate, you know, remove all the addictions, distractions to feel all of your stuff and to really, and we can work through that as well, but ultimately build the business from that place instead of a lot of our programming, which oftentimes is overcompensation for somewhere we, we feel less than in our lives, proving to mommy or daddy, I can do it or brothers, sisters, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So really checking in with the deeper stuff. So uh, Alex Mendozian is still another thing. You guys may or may not know who he is. Uh, One of the things he says is he smuggles personal development into marketing. And I kind of do the same thing, you know, focus on lead with what people want, but ultimately give them what they need. And what, what most of us need is the internal stuff. It's not the next tactic or strategy or sure that's all good. We have to do that in the 3D world, but the good stuff's in here. Oh, that, that's good. And I like that um, you said, you know, 90 day, um, you know, remove all your distractions, remove all your, you know, urges, your, go sober. Um, and then is that really, you know, where you find, you know, what, the, those dragons are and that and then end up facing them <laughs> actually people will ask well how do you help people face their dragon and oftentimes i say help them start a business and they go oh like it registers a lot oh i see because you guys know and you know that uh all the things we have to do as business owners running team we've got the personalities of team members and our own personality to navigate and family stuff and the, and the money stuff and the books and the marketing and the websites so um, that's a big part of it. Getting sober. A lot of folks are, are self-medicating, um, with coffee, with, with stimulants, with whatever it is, social media addiction, porn, sex, you know, we, the point is like there, there comes a, a deeper connection to, uh, our, our highest purpose and our calling. If we're, if we're not, if we don't have all that noise and distraction in the way. Ah, I gotcha. So actually removing that allows you to then, you know, find them and then you're able to face them from there. Well, yeah, it's that, that's, I think oftentimes how you'll find them is by, uh, uh, so for example, the Hoffman Institute removes all sex, uh, masturbation, uh, drugs, alcohol, I think food, exercise, meditation, reading, music, they don't, they don't want you to do anything when you're there for the, for the seven days. And, and that's kind of where I learned it back in 2003. It's like they remove, strip you of all the things that we do wow. to not really get in touch with what we really want, not what our parents think we want or the opposite of rebelling against them. We're either modeling or rebelling them at some level. So yeah, you can really feel it and, and then know and choose. You're more at a, a point of choice instead of uh, reaction or uh, just unconscious action. Mm. And you're at a point of choice by, okay, that, that makes sense because you've removed all of those things. And I know your third step is actually, you know, using the fear, um, you know, after you've found it, after you've faced it, you use it. And I, I'm curious, 
how do you go about, you know, using that fear to your benefit? Yeah, I, again, it's it's really important to check in where where that fear is coming from and 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 how to use it too, right? We don't want to just blindly. Uh, it's good to channel it if you're on stage and in that moment you've got to like sort of transmute or morph that adrenaline. You know, adrenaline's happening when we're on stage or about to get on stage. We've all had that heart patter, that like, oh my gosh, I forgot what I was going to say. Thing. Um, uh, I want to speak to that for a second. If anyone has okay, a, fear, yeah. a fear of public speaking, I think it's really important. There's a methodology called speaking circles by Lee Glickstein or Glickstein. You can find them on YouTube. And I found it to be one of the most profound things. I think this will be a really good takeaway for you guys. When you're speaking on stage and you're in that nervous state, we're oftentimes looking around. We're not, we're not necessarily focused. We're not grounding we're not breathing we we've lost we're in excitement we're not you know we're not breathing so if we can take a breath and just connect with one person at a time and communicate to that one person and have a conversation with them and be really connected and dropped in with them and complete that thought with them and then pause take a breath then communicate to the next person communicating solely with them, completing that conversation with them while experiencing this sort of grounding rod down into the ground and then in, into them. And you're grounding with this person into the ground and just really connected to them. And you complete that conversation. That is a way to, that's a trick to get present and to not experience the jitters and the, and all the stuff that comes with the fear of public speaking. Wow. I just wanted to say that it's really yeah. been so profound and I forget it sometimes, you know? Yeah. But that's super profound because, it, you know, I think a lot of people fear public speaking. I mean, I, I used to hate it in class and in, in school, you know, reading off things or, you know, speaking in front of the class, giving presentations. You would always, or I know I would always get, you know, the jitters start to, um, you know, sweat a little bit. I'd stutter on my words sometimes and that's huge. Taking the breath, you know, mm -hmm. connecting with one person. It's like you you make the room even smaller because you're connecting one on yep. one with the one person. You're seeing them. You're having a conversation. Then you move to the next one. That, yep. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's it's really good. And there's another part of that that happens. So everyone in the room is experiencing you being so connected. You don't even need to look at them, although it's nice to look around once in a while. But that can be distracting when we're getting really connected. Like everyone feels that deep connection and they go, wow, what's happening between those two people, right? Like uh -huh. something's happening, you know, and then, and then they feel really connected to you and you'll see the whole room just get really present and, and any movement in the room, you'll start to see, we'll, we'll, we'll calm down and slow down and they'll just, they'll get present with you. They'll start breathing, right? We're, we're creatures of our environment. So we start to model what's happening. Mm -hmm. No, that that's huge. That's so, so big. And I want to give um, people a very tactical, um, you know, piece of advice here, because I know that a lot of people, you know, go on through their life and especially young people, you know, they're, and they kind of, like you said, they self-medicate, they, you know, just suppress emotions and suppress fears and suppress anxieties and suppress all these different things. And then sometimes they become so overbearing that they just 
burst out. I mean, like I've experienced this when I've in the past, you know, tried to you know suppress emotions, things like that. It's never good because it all comes boiling up, so to speak. And so let me ask you this. Um, when you're going about finding your dragons and, you know, avoiding the suppression, does that really come from, for you, like getting quiet or is it like the celibacy, like you talked about just shutting off everything or like, what is someone, what is something someone can do maybe today after listening to this episode to, you know, really connect with themselves and become hyper aware? Like, do you have any practices or advice on that? Yeah, I'm, boy, there's many, many paths to to that. Um, uh, I, I, getting in nature is always the best for me. Uh, mm. Always walking in nature, that's that's always the best. And we're so glued behind our computers so often, like, like stop, work in 50-minute increments, take 10 minutes off, you know, 50-10, 50-10, or 45-15, whatever works, that's a big one. But um, yeah, slowing down and, and, uh, uh, it doesn't all need to be done today. I, I think that's been my biggest lesson with age. And when I was much younger, I, I would just grind 12, 14, 16 hours and just look, I appreciate the hustle. I still hustle my ass off sometimes. And I think we need to, uh, but, but, uh, it, it, there's always tomorrow, so, so just remember that it's more of a mindset I'll speak to first and foremost, that it doesn't have to get done today, you guys, unless it does. I mean, of course there's things that have to get done, but mm -hmm. um, there's always tomorrow. Uh, just remember that we're so, we're so anxious and urgent when we're young and I love the urgency. There's nothing I want more than to be around people that have a sense of urgency, but there's a wisdom in that urgency instead of kind of reckless urgency uh, there's the, the possibility of uh, mindful urgency and um, mm. self-care that can, that can happen in, in that. So, um, yeah, meditation, of course, it's always a good one. I, I could just name the, the things, but I, um, walking in nature is my, is my jam for sure. Yeah. Intermittent fasting can get you in touch with some of these things because you're starving your body and you're experiencing hunger. I mean, all, all there's the 20 things I could say, but I would say intermittent fasting is another really good one. Yeah, that, that's huge. I really like those. All those were, were really spot on. And it's like living with that balance of, you know, getting a lot of like grinding, but then also it's like knowing when, and I like how you said, you know, conscious, being conscious of that. And uh, I know you kind of talked about intermittent fasting. I know that, you know, also, you know, one of your businesses right now is these biohacking events and, you know, young entrepreneurs. I know a lot of people who are trying to, you know, biohack or, you know, try and rig their environment to their benefit and these routines and, and some can be a little crazy and, and some people keep it very simple, but some try these, you know, different cold, I have a cold plunge. I, I love nice. it. Nice. Good for you. And, uh, um, but yeah, I'm curious uh, what like interests you in kind of biohacking. What um, why is it important to you to be able to to be you know creating these events for people? And uh, maybe like what's you know a, a very base level entry level thing for biohacking people <laughs> people could do and and why? Yeah, wow, great. So many, so much there. Um, 
you know, I, I tried to biohack way back in the day before there was the internet racing motocross, you know, just as simple as eating different things throughout the day to, you know, it was way, now these, these motocross racers are tapped into all the biohacks. They're, they're doing them all. It's a, just next level. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I think a big part, I'll just say this, I think a big part of what happens as entrepreneurs is we can, we can really stress our, our adrenals mm. and uh, go to uh, find the supplement Adrenal DMG uh, by, by Delgado Protocol. And I'll start there because most of our breakdown is is in adrenals, uh, sort of these. I don't want to say the precursor of all other sort of breakdowns, but there's a lot of that happening for us high intensity A type entrepreneur, hungry, urgent, urgent people. Um, so I would I would start there. If you're waking up some mornings exhausted, but not, and then just pounding coffee all day, which I don't drink coffee. I'm hitting lots of other things. Like I had my, my smoothie right before we got on here. I had papaya, banana, hemp seed, chia seed this morning with peanut butter. I normally uh, stay away from peanut butter. I'm starting to eat it again. Um, would only do almond butter for like a decade. But the point is like find the things that are giving your brain, you know, life, healthy fats, uh, I'm actually going to grab something out of the fridge really quickly. I want to show you this incredible fat uh, substance that one of our uh, new sponsors created. Yeah, uh, I, I want to grab that. Uh, but it's diet. You guys all know it's it's about diet, but it's it's oftentimes more about eliminating microtoxins. I think uh, alcohol being top of that list. If you know Tony Robbins doesn't drink some of the. Some of the highest performers in the world do not drink alcohol. I cut that out in 2007. May have had 30 drinks since since then. You know, glass of champagne here and there at a friend's wedding or something like that. But removing microtoxins. Um, so I got into this for peak performance initially, um, trying to figure out why I had sleep issues. It was adrenal fatigue. I had done a lot of drugs in my day, a lot of alcohol. I destroyed my gut lining. That's the sort of the second part of this. Make sure you're you're healing your gut. Almost everything is derived from your gut. I wake up every morning and have L-glutamine powder in, with alkaline water, um, lemon water oftentimes, uh, bone broth throughout the day once or twice. Um, I mean, most of these things you guys are going to know or be able to find on a Google search, but Mm -hmm. I, I got into it to experience better sleep, better sex, better performance, higher energy, better mental state. And then, uh, you know, I, I got pulled in through my business partner in, in the wake up biohacking events. He saw me starting to produce monthly events again. I had moved back from Costa Rica and started moving. I uh, started producing events. He says, Brad, I've got this idea. Let's produce monthly biohacking events and sell licenses around the world. I said, well, two things. I don't like business partners because I tend to work circles around them and uh, I don't want to produce events anymore. Both of those sound like a nightmare to me, but we kept talking and, uh, and I went for it. Sometimes you also got to just take the leap, hold the gas on and go for the big jump. You don't know if you're going to die or make it or come short or go long. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just hold the gas on and I did and it's been really great. We're having a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, you can go ahead and, and grab that. I'd love to see. <laughs> cool. Um, let me let me do that. Real quick. 
And, and while you're gone, I'll, I'll talk about that too, because, you know, I found when I'm eating the right things, I'm sleeping, even just as basic as that, you know, eating and sleeping, your energy levels are much higher and you can actually produce like, you know, there is the, the grind. Sometimes you're going to have to stay up late, but, you know, really recovering and eating the right things will help you actually perform sustainably for a long time because it's like anyone can work hard for a week, but it's yeah. like the people who actually succeed I've learned are those who actually sustain it over years and years. You're a hundred percent right. And a big portion of that, sustaining and even I hit a little bit of burnout I'm feeling a bit burned out in the last couple of days it happens sometimes I just I've not been on my adrenal capsules and I took them again today reminded going on oh, probably just taxing my adrenals I think it actually repaired my adrenals the adrenal DMG but here take a look at this let's see if we can get a good good okay, shot yeah. of that synergy vegan okay so I think it's like $78 a bottle of this, but um, the way she explained it, she's a PhD, one of our sponsors uh, at Synergy, but she, she explained that this is the most like sort of bioavailable fact that's going to go right to your brain. And I'm like, oh my God, she sold out. She brought like 30 bottles or for her first time at the event a couple of days ago here in Irvine and just sold out, just sold out, man. She did. Wow. She got her money back. But um really impressed by this. I'd highly recommend you take a look and uh, go online and just either take a squirt or like a, like a half a shot glass full of, of this stuff. But I've noticed a difference. I'm just like, wow, my brain comes back online. We're, we're missing healthy fats. Most of us sugar and caffeine and all these other things that are kind of whacking us out. Mm -hmm. uh, the healthy is fats. It, uh, is it MCT oil? Uh, I think she, I think she different? said, Yep, MCT, 3,000 milligrams of MCT. DHA is the big one she speaks about. Okay. A delta tocotrinols was another one. Tocotrinols. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those those are the things that she's just raving about. Like, oh, these are these okay. are the jams. So anyway, so I would highly recommend as entrepreneurs, you're getting healthy fats, you're boosting your adrenals, you're you're working on the gut lining. And yeah. removing microtoxins. Yeah, no, that that's amazing. Thanks for for sharing that, Brandon. I know we're we're coming to the end of our show, so I want to, you know, first off, say thank you for for taking the time out of your day to come out and share. You know how fear is our friend. Finding, facing, and using your dragons—the five that you face—that tactic on how to, you know, overcome fear of public speaking, as well as you know, hitting us up with a little bit of the biohacking and, uh, and that, you know, amazing fat, um, you know, supplement. So once again, thank you. And if you have, you know, maybe one last parting words for, for young entrepreneurs, you want to leave, please go ahead and, and say it. And then also share where people can find you. Cool. Uh, I would think guys just be patient with yourselves. You know, I know when I was younger, you want it all now. And uh, there, that urgency is a beautiful thing that that comes with with youth and and passion and excitement. But but you know, give yourself a break, man. Give yourself a break. Work hard. Stay focused. Do everything you know you could and should be doing. But you know, it's okay if you're not where you think you should be. Mm. It's okay because we beat ourselves up. I should be my friends further along. But they're further along. Like. That comparison thing is is ugly. 
Oh my gosh. I can yeah. relate to that so much. And uh, <laughs> where can people find you, Brad? Yeah. Faceyourdragon.com. Uh, there's a one minute quiz to discover the number one hidden fear stopping you from earning what you're worth. Uh, you can find out a little bit more about me there. And then uh, wakeupocevent.com. That's our biohacking events, wakeupocevent.com. And the license page is, is wakeuplicense.com. If you want to see what how we're building the uh, network, wakeuplicense.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brad, for coming on. And uh, yeah, thank you. It's my honor to be with you, Pierce, and everybody here. Thanks for, thanks for listening to me jammer on about.